Amen. God is here with us today. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 5, verse 38 and 39. Praise God. We are rejoicing each and every day in our walk with Christ. I don't know how long some of you have been baptized. Um, we know that it is a blessing. I think it's going to be 21 years on May 11th of this year. 21 years since I was baptized in Jesus' name. Should have been a lot longer. Amen. So if you're a, you're a young person, I'm going to encourage you to surrender your life unto the Lord. Amen. I took too long and um, I've seen other brothers that got baptized when I was baptized and they're already in their 50s and their 60s and they said I should have gotten baptized when I was a young person and uh, God bless each and every one of you and consider the time that you have walked with Christ what it was like when you first um, had an encounter with the Lord verse 38 says this and this is related to part of our message our, our reflection now I say unto you a man that was very important very known in his time said these words refrain refrain from these men and let them alone leave them alone for this counsel or this work be of men it will come to naught it'll fade away it'll diminish it'll disappear verse 39 but if it be of God ye cannot overthrow it lest happily ye, ye be found even to fight against God a different version would say like this. I'm just going to say in simpler words. But if this work is of God, you cannot stop it. And be careful because you might find yourself fighting against God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, one more time we come before you. Acknowledging you, Lord. Deliver us, Lord, from a prideful heart. Let us be humbled before you, God. Jesus, it is you and still continues to be you. In the past and today and forever, you are the only one that has something for our lives. What we need, Lord, a daily bread. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will remove anything that opposes your free flowing of your Holy Ghost anointing in this place and upon every person, mind, soul, body, spirit, every single being, Lord, here in the name of Jesus, be touched by the word of God. Lord, I proclaim, declare your presence is in this place because you are faithful to your word. We know it, Lord, and we say this not because we see you, but because we know that you are faithful. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. Speak to us, God, a Rima word, a very precise and living word, very relevant word for our lives today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Praise God. Today, I'd like for you to think about... Uh, and I believe I titled this message, An Unstoppable Work. And unstoppable, cannot be stopped, this work that, that we are living in. When I speak of this work, I am referring to the work of the church, the living church of our living God, Jesus Christ. Here on earth, we are carrying out this work. Uh, a very specific work of evangelizing and discipling people. I'd like for you to consider that in the San Fernando Valley on McClay Street, 
on Sepulveda Boulevard, Van Nuys Boulevard, Vanoan Victory. Um, I've driven by Sada on Sadaquay Street, and I could hear the songs of people that have gathered together as they sing unto the Lord. Spanish songs, English songs. As I drive through the San Fernando Road area, I can see how there's uh, banners from churches that are congregating, uh, there's their congregating place. Even he, we, our church, Vida Abundante, we are a place where we gather. We are a church. We are a people. I very happily and joyfully on Sundays and Thursdays have the blessing to know where I can go and congregate with you so that we can both and all of us together praise and worship living God, our living God, Jesus Christ. But there's, uh, like I said, many places and there's different mindsets and there's different doctrines that uh, the Holy Ghost had already warned us when Paul reads to, uh, writes to Timothy telling him, beware, for in the latter days the Holy Ghost says that in the last days some will depart from the faith. They will uh, contaminate the faith having listened or hearkened or paid attention to doctrines of demons. Uh, doctrines, teachings that are not biblical anymore, that have departed from the faith. People that, have, because of their philosophies, their own interpretations, their own ideas, have taken the place of, of true believers and have led groups of people uh, based on ideas that are not the truth. Um, if you remember back when I was uh, in high school, I remember in 94, I know it seems like a long time ago, but it was, and it was only 20-something years ago. Uh, there was a man that had a congregation, and they had barricaded themselves in Waco, Texas. This man said that he was the Christ. Nobody else was allowed to have children except him. And he, at the end, when they were raided by the ATF, he decided to barricade all the people, and they finally set fire to the place, killing everybody except for a few he was not the Christ. There was another man named Jim Jones even much more long ago in Central America. And he and his followers were able to uh, deceive many people. And they drank cyanide-laced Kool-Aid and killed men, women, and even little children. Terrible, terrible. These men that said that they were believers of Christ. There's many more denominations and, and uh Groups that we can think of not too long ago in San Diego, people dressed in black with uh, Nike shoes and they were found laying on bunk beds uh, covered in, in, in black, uh, uh, we could say covers, having committed suicide thinking Jesus was coming in a comet for them. And there's many more different people, uh, but now we know and we believe in the one that was already preached about and announced to this world by a man named John. He was known as John the Baptist. The Bible, I will ask you to follow me to Matthew chapter 3, a very important biblical scripture uh, of a man that when he was going to be born, his father Zechariah or Zachary was ministering in the temple and it was his turn he was blessed with the opportunity to uh, produce or, or carry out the ceremony of the burning of the incense. And the Bible says that an angel appears to him, Gabriel, speaks to this man and tells him, 
that even though he was already an older man, because he knew I'm an older man, my wife is an older woman, and she is sterile, she can't have children. But the angel appears to him and says uh, that there will be a blessing, a child will be born, and they, that he's going to name him John, and that he would uh, prepare the way of the Lord. And Zachary, the father, becomes very confused, and he has a hard time believing the angel says, as a sign, you will become mute and not be able to speak until the birth of your son. When it's time and Elizabeth, his mother, is now giving birth to John, the Bible says that once they ask for the name, the father ends up writing it on a piece of paper or he writes it down because he can't speak. And they're confused. Why are you naming him John? Nobody in your family, none of your relatives, none of your kindred are named John. It's not part of your family. And that name had already been given to this man by God. And the Bible is very clear, very specific, and Isaiah is fulfilled for in chapter 3 of Matthew, verse 1, and on it says, And in those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness or the desert areas of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, it's speaking of John. He says, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The same John had his raiment, his clothing, his attire of camel's hair and leathern girdle about his loins and his meat. What he ate was locust and wild honey. He was a man that was consecrated unto God. He was a man that he uh, must have known he had a special calling. He was a man that began to baptize people when they said that they would repent and change their ways. He was a man that was not afraid to tell people the truth. And then this man, verse 5 says, Then went out into the people of Jerusalem, came out to see him in all Judea and all the regions around about Jordan. And they were being baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to the baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, snakes, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who has trained you, who has shown you to try and hide from God or to run from God? He says, bring forth ye therefore fruits, meat for repentance. Fruit, actions, actions that you are showing, demonstrating your conduct that you are truly repented. Don't just say it, show it. And the Bible shows us and tells us that John, as he's preaching all of this, he knows he has already been told by God of a very special event in his, in his life. John, you will see the Holy Ghost come upon one, the one that is the Christ. You will see this as a sign of who he is. And John the Baptist is preaching and he's baptizing people. And all of a sudden one day Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth appears before John and says, John, baptize me. John is perplexed. He is surprised. He is confused. Whatever you want to say. And he says, wait a minute. You come for me or for, for, for me to baptize you when you should be the one baptizing me. Now keep in mind too what John had already preached and he said, I baptize you in water, but then comes one after me, somebody that I'm not even worthy to tie his, his, uh, uh, his, his, uh, sandals. And, and this man, he or this being will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. He's preaching prophecy. He's telling people, yes, I'm baptizing you in water, but somebody is greater. 
leader, somebody that's not going to baptize you in water, but Holy Ghost and fire, power of God, something awesome and marvelous is going to happen. Somebody greater than I is on his way. So when he sees Jesus, he is surprised and he obeys because the Lord says it is necessary for us to fulfill all righteousness. So he baptizes Jesus. And all of a sudden you hear a voice from heaven of the Father talk about who Jesus is. This is my son. And then the Bible says that John sees the Holy Ghost come down from heaven in the form like of a dove. And he comes upon Jesus. And some people say this is where we, they get their doctrine of one Father, one Son, and one Holy Ghost. But that they have taken it out of context and they have made a mistake because it's not about three. It's about who Jesus is. Jesus of Nazareth. John is confirmed this is the Christ this is the one that God had said he would see the Holy Ghost come upon him this is Jesus the Christ the Savior so John understands behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this world the man of God after 400 years of silence John the Baptist is now giving the word of God a prophecy a word for the world that was starving for word of God he is telling them that the kingdom of God is now at hand God's kingdom has drawn near as he baptizes Jesus he knows now who Jesus is but then we know that something happens just like maybe in your life it has happened John the Baptist is 100% convinced of who Jesus is I remember when I got baptized on May 11th 1997 I got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, already having been filled beforehand by the Holy Ghost. Reconfirmed by the filling of the Holy Ghost uh, a few weeks before I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. As I confirmed that I accepted the Lord. I was baptized on that day. And I remember the preacher, he talked about how he felt when he was baptized. This preacher was an older man with, with a very nice uh, hairstyle, uh, mostly white hair. Already was unable to clearly see for he had to be led by the hand by somebody that was accompanying him. And I remember when he said that when he was baptized, he felt like he was on cloud nine. He said, I was walking on clouds. I was madly in love with Jesus. He was talking about his experience. And many of you can understand what that's like. We know that we are, you know, all for Jesus. We are completely surrendered. But then comes the enemy. And if you're just baptized right now, never allow anybody or anything to discourage you. Uh, sometimes we say, well, realistically, you know, you're, you're really joyful right now, but just wait and see. Uh, just wait and see how God's going to glorify himself. That's what I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to always be positive. Just wait and see how God's going to glorify himself because God is always going to be with you. But some people in the past used to say, yeah, but later on you're going to be all struggling and you're going to leave the church like many people have left the church. And, and, I, and I reject that in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that every single child that is born in Jesus Christ in this church has an opportunity to be led by the hand to learn how to walk and be fed in Jesus Christ. And they will grow up and they will multiply and they will bring others and they will be free and others will be free because the work that God has given us is unstoppable. Praise God. So we come to a situation in our lives, once you're baptized, or a struggle may come about. And, you know, I was sharing with the Spanish congregation. I'm, I'm sharing with you 
We had a very serious crisis in our family. And it was a time where it was very difficult. It was going to work and going to school and, and struggling with so many things. And, and a brother of mine got into some trouble. And at times on Sundays, I had to take time off of church and not be in the entire service so I could go and see him. And I'd miss a Sunday here and there. And it started to become a, a real burden, started to, to bog me down. Not, not my brother, but the fact that, you know, it's like a, when you're having a barbecue, my mama taught me this when I was little, and you're like a piece of coal and you're on fire you're within all the other coals that are on fire but if you get drawn away you start to lose that fire you start to cool down and you got to be careful as a Christian so it was hard for me because if I missed a Sunday and missed the other day during the week I started to feel like my fire was going out and then uh, I got hurt at work and it was having a hard time walking right my, my my foot was hurting and then I realized I said man none of the young people have called me nobody has said to me hey how are you we haven't seen you at church started to feel discouraged and, 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 and I got to a time where I said man you know maybe it is true maybe you know you go through a time where you stop going to church and I started to react and I said no 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 my commitment is with Jesus Christ not with the young people group I was part of the young people I said it's not with them it's with Jesus Christ Lord I gotta serve you I gotta be faithful to you I learned that it is between he and I and I got up because the Lord picked me up and he turned me around and said get back on your feet and you're gonna walk and I started walking again with Christ I never stopped congregating but I did become this and the Lord taught me don't get discouraged things are gonna happen but you gotta walk every day you gotta learn to be faithful no matter what I promise I said I'm gonna serve the Lord every day of my life and where am I going with this well now you see John the Baptist he had been a man of God that was preaching the truth and he told Herod Herod it's not right that you're living with your sister-in-law it's not right that's your brother's wife you're wrong, Herod, for what you're doing. Herod become, became very angry. He wanted to go ahead and kill John the Baptist, but he said, no, I can't do that because if I do, all the people will rise up against me for they consider John to be a prophet. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to incarcerate him. I'm going to throw him in a jail cell, which is what he did. John the Baptist is there. We know at the end he is decapitated because of a sinister plan. Uh, Herod's sister-in-law had come about in order to kill John but before that happens, we know now that there comes a time when John, he sends some of his disciples to go look for Jesus. The Bible says um, and teaches us that in Matthew chapter 11, if you go to with me to chapter 11 of Matthew verses 1 through 6, it says this, And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he had sent them out, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. He went about carrying out his ministry. Now when John had heard in the prison the work of Christ, what Christ was doing, all the signs, miracles, and wonders, and how he was preaching, he sent two of his disciples. And the two of the disciples came, on, came to Jesus and they asked him, Are you, are thou, he that should come? Or do we look for another? In other words, Jesus, are you the one that we were waiting for? Or are we to expect somebody else? Are you the Christ? Or are you not the Christ? Doubt had maybe come over and touched the shoulder of John the Baptist. Maybe it was just his way of sending them out, maybe to reaffirm their faith, I don't know. But I do know this, that these words that Jesus answers 
are very powerful. For he says to him, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear, the things you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. Who are, who is Jesus? The blind receive their sight. And the lame walk. What did Jesus do? The lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The dead, even the dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whoever shall not be offended in me. In other words, I know maybe that somebody has doubts. Or there's this question. Is it you, Jesus? Or should there be another that we're waiting for? How many of you have been in church long enough that you've had somebody that is not not very uh that doesn't have a lot of time in church and they're still new and their, their faith is not yet fully matured and they've asked you like they've asked me brother brother sister so how do we know that we're in the right church how do we know that we're in the truth there being so many other churches out there so many denominations so many other beliefs how do i know that i am in the right truth well because we are in jesus christ he said i am the way the truth and the life that's what he said and we are biblical we are we use the doctrines of the bible that jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone the apostles and the prophets uh being right there uh, uh and jesus christ being the chief cornerstone and everything that they spoke of in the past the prophets now being taught by the disciples it's all about jesus christ that's why we know we are in the truth and it's very interesting because a lot of people wonder But in that church, they do this. But in that church, they do that. And people have risen up even in the time of Jesus. I'm going to go now back to Acts. This time in Acts, we see a conversation that is being carried out um, of who, who uh, and what this work is about. Before I go there, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of give you a little bit more. John the Baptist dying giving his life for the Lord, for the work. And now we see Jesus culminating his ministry with his 12 most closest disciples. One of them commits suicide. The other 11 remaineth, and they choose another one. And what's really interesting is that it seems like everything's gone at first. Remember that they went back to fishing. Remember they went back to doing their old duties as before, their jobs their responsibilities. They forgot. They maybe had a little bit of doubt until Jesus reappears to them. And if you remember, I didn't share this with the Spanish congregation, but if you remember a man at the beach and you see John and, and Peter, they're fishing and they went back to fishing and, and the man at the beach reaches out and cries out to them, do you have anything to eat? Did you catch anything? And these men are are just saying to him, we didn't catch anything. And the man at the beach says to them, throw your nets to the right side. And Peter and the fishermen throw their nets to the right. And their nets are filled again, just like their first encounter with Jesus Christ. Peter realizes that's got to be Jesus. 
and he takes off exterior clothing and he jumps in with his garments and he begins to swim and he makes it to the beach when the others show up they see that Jesus Christ is there he's already cooking some fish it's not about I didn't have anything to eat I just wanted to take you back to that time when you and I first met praise God and then there's that one encounter yours might have been different and like many of ours but you had that one encounter when Jesus touched your life do you remember what it was like there's that beautiful song take me back take me take me back dear Lord to that place where I first received you and it's just a very special relationship that you have with Christ where you know this is the first time Lord that I felt you in my life that you touched my life that you changed me forever where you told me this or showed me this is who I am, not just your mom's God, not just mama's God, not just the God of your grandfather, not just of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but my God. He became my God, the one that my dad taught about, the one that my mom used to worship at church, now became the one that I decided that I would worship. So we go there to a time when we are there with Christ, John and Peter now are with another rest of people, about 120, if you remember. Uh, and we're about to, to, to reach a conclusion here in a little bit. And it's about 120 of them gathered on the upper room. And they were told by Jesus, go and don't leave. And the day of Pentecost, they're there sitting, waiting. There's like a tremendous noise, like of a rushing wind that is heard and pronounced. And like this wind fills the entire upper room. And all of them begin to speak in other tongues. And the people from the Arabic nations and from Mesopotamia and from other countries that were out there began to hear all this, the, the, these people speaking in their languages. And they were so surprised and they were saying, how is it possible that these men of Galilee, these people right here, they're speaking our languages that we have learned from other countries. They were there because of the day of Pentecost. That's why all these Jewish people had left their countries to make a, a pilgrimage and go to to Jerusalem and, and I believe it's God's perfect plan and they're hearing it they're talking about God's greatness and God's wonders but how come they're speaking in our languages if they're not from where we came from it's awesome it's tremendous what had happened is they had received the Holy Ghost and they were not the same people anymore Peter that was kind of in and kind of out kind of like one foot in and one foot out he had been determined now and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and he stands up and he preaches the word of God repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost praise God and thousands of men repent because they believe the word not counting the women as well and now you see Peter and John and the rest they're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost here we are today hallelujah like a lot of people nowadays we have a connection with the church from the, the primitive church we are the continuation of the book of Acts and the power of God moving in people we are the chosen people let us go back to our brother and the apostle Peter and John when they go to the temple to read at about 3 p.m. the Bible shows us the ninth hour 
if we count from 6 a.m then they see this man that had been there lame he couldn't walk for 40 years he was there uh, people knew who he was and 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 we see that peter and john come up to him and this man he's there like every day he's asking you got something you got an alms give me a coin give me a little something he's incapacitated he can't walk and peter and john they don't have gold or silver peter looks at him and we know this story he looks at him and he says peter uh gold or silver i do not i have not but what i have i give to you in the name of jesus of nazareth get up and he takes him by the hand and he picks him up the bible says that man his feet were affirmed his muscles were strengthened his bones maybe they were crooked maybe they weren't were now aligned and they were strong and the man got up and he started leaping and he started walking and he knew that he had been healed in the name of jesus and they said man who is this guy isn't he the one that was outside at the door called the beautiful how come he's walking about how what happened to you man jesus in the name of jesus christ i was healed i was there sick for 40 years in the name of jesus and hey don't don't preach about the name of jesus it's forbidden he's like but i gotta tell somebody about jesus i gotta tell somebody that i was sick for 40 years and it's jesus in the name of jesus christ these men prayed for me in the name of jesus and they called them, hey, how come you're praying and you're doing these works in the name of Jesus? And they told them, you better not continue to preach in the name of Jesus. They were threatened. They were incarcerated, but they were delivered by the Lord. And, and the Bible says that the believers gathered with them. And not just once was he incarcerated. Because what happens now is when they are delivered, people start to hear of what is happening in the name of Jesus. And this thing kind of gets out of control. The, the people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes, they're trying to hold back a tidal wave. It's like they're standing right there trying to hold everything back. But the name of Jesus keeps blowing right past them, keeps going up over, over them, under them, all around them. And they cannot stop the people. They come and they lay the sick on the side of the road. The demon possessed, the deaf, the mute, whatever the situation was. The lame, the ones that had one arm shorter than the other, one leg shorter than the other and Peter would come by and pray for them and they were healed in the name of Jesus oh by golly they gotta stop this and they said man even the just in case the shadow of, of, of Peter would land on them it was not the shadow of Peter then it wasn't even Peter it was the spirit of the Nazarene that was in Peter and the name of Jesus Christ was being invoked follow me for a second here imagine this and they're telling them now we're gonna incarcerate you and we're gonna tell you you better not preach and this had happened when all of a sudden they, this is all this happened right after they had been incarcerated they were out there doing all this work they said man how did they get out they went and they checked and the guards were still there the cells were still there the locks were still in place how did they get out see the angel of the lord can come by and deliver you opening the doors like he did with paul and silas or just right on through the walls i don't know how but just by golly god did it he did it because he is awesome he took them out and they kept preaching the word stop them them. stop them stop preaching the name of jesus we we gotta stop the people kept believing they kept believing they kept surrendering to jesus christ gamaliel the man that had known had taught saul of tarsus the apostle paul finally says hold on get them out and he speaks to all of them and it gives even the name of john and alexander and all these very very important people and he says Let's be careful now. 
Remember these other individuals. They began a movement. One of them gathered a great multitude. One of them, a multitude of 400. But then one of them was murdered, killed, and the people went away. The other one also perished, and the people went away. So you see, in other words, what Peter and John are doing right now, they're teaching about Jesus and preaching Jesus and praying for people in Jesus. All these things that are going on. If it is of them, if it is of men, leave it alone. Let it go, and it'll die away. Leave it alone. Let it follow its course. But in case this is the work of God, you may find yourself fighting against God Almighty. They knew, and he knew. He knew what was going on. That's why he warns them of this. And so they become very uh, upset at the name of Jesus being preached. And they threatened the apostles. They whipped them, these two men of God. They were whipped. And they went back and they told the church members. They had prayed at one time. Lord, give us boldness. Look at what's going on. It was fulfilled the prophecy that people would reject the people of God. And the place where they were at shook like an earthquake because God is there. You know how long it's been since Jesus came to earth? It's been about 2,000 years since he died on the cross as well and resurrected on the third day. And you know what? This is still going on strong. The dark ages came to this world because people lost the pure faith. The whole world was tossed into turmoil. Art was lost. Science was lost. The church became sick. But the power of God remained. Not too long ago, people got together, began to study the word of God. And they said, you know, we're reading in the book of Acts about people being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And not in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they began to be baptized in the name of Jesus one young lady supposedly from what I was told of some history said, you know, I hear or I read here that people began to speak in other tongues. I want that feeling of the Holy Ghost. And people were being, being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Uh, we are in the, the truth world for one. We are in Jesus Christ himself. I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 5 with the help of the Lord. Chapter 5 verse 19 and 20 if I'm not mistaken if you have it up there my brother if you can help me and we know we know Vida Abundante knows we know that we are of God we are God's people and the whole world lieth in wickedness the world does not love you they don't know you they don't understand you they don't accept you even though they may act like they do and we know that the son of God has come Jesus Christ and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. Even is his son, in his son, Jesus Christ. We are in Jesus. This is the true God and eternal life. We are in Jesus. Shall we wait for another? He already came to earth. Are we in the truth? You know, just really quick. Really quick, I'm going to share something with you. I've shared with the English congregation before. Some people qualify the word of God based on their own personal experience. I don't blame them. It's a very natural human thing to do. You see, if I don't experience it, then it can't be true. And they got it all backwards because they think this is based on our interpretation and our life experience. 
And there will be things that you will never understand unless you have this experience of God in your life. There was a case, Brother Oscar works where I work at, Brother Constantino, and there was a, an, a, an equipment panel that was properly grounded. And I don't know if there's electricians in here. They don't make sense to them. There was a welder that was working, building a platform made out of stainless steel, plugged in his equipment, and he installed a ground strap on the frame of the platform. But when they touched it, they were getting shocked. And they called me and they said, we got a problem over here. We have some stray voltage, something's going on. I went over there with another, another mechanic and uh, they said, this is what's going on. And uh, sure enough, I, I verified it. Yeah, it's true. But the employee looked at me, he says, what's going on? I said, well, you see, you ever seen pigeons or birds when they stand on those power lines? The reason they don't die is because if that conductor is exposed, that bird that's standing on that wire, the voltage goes through them, but then it realizes it's not, voltage is not alive, but since they have resistance and the voltage just goes straight on through, through the wire without bothering them. Said now, if that bird were to step on the cable and down on the ground and create a circuit, that bird would feel it because it would, the electricity, the voltage, the current will go right through them because now there's, there's a potential and they're completing a circuit. He looks at me, he says, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this, right now you're like a little bird. If you touch the platform with two hands, nothing happens to you. But if you extend this hand over here and touch that panel, you're gonna feel the tickle, you're gonna feel a, a shock. He says, nah, man, I don't believe you. I said, you don't believe me? He says, nah, I don't believe you. I don't believe that that's happening. I said, you don't believe what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, and these guys are telling you that they're getting shocked, and I'm telling you I'm getting shocked. He says, nah, man, I don't believe you. I don't believe it unless I experience it. And there are some people, I said, okay, fine, come here. Touch this platform right here. He goes, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now touch that panel. All right, all right, let me see, let me see. Oh, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you. Some people will never believe until they get a touch of God. Man, now I know why you cry at the altar. Now I know why you speak in different tongues. Some man looked at me, he says, you're a holy roller, you go to church? I said, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I'm a holy roller. Man, you're one of them people that says hallelujah? Yes, I do. You go to church and you speak in those times, those things, they're speaking in tongues? I said, yes, I do speak in tongues when I go to church and at home. Man, you really, you really believe that? I said, I live it. He says, man, I don't believe it. I said, you don't, but when you experience it, you'll understand it. Some people qualify the word of God, the truth, based on their experience when they are so limited. Who shall live long enough to know the wrath of God? Psalms 91 asks that question. Nobody shall live long enough to see the complete wrath of God, nor the greatness of God. <laughs> we are in an unstoppable work. There is no doubt in my mind and in my heart, and if you'll stand with me, that we are in the truth. What do we do with this truth? We go out and we pray for the sick and the lost. And we give the message. There's a lot of leaders in our church. We have over 20 cell groups. And there's room for more. And leaders that are here will experience and say, you know, this is tough. You want to hear tough? How about Stephen when he's preaching the gospel? And they're grinding their teeth as they hate Stephen's message of you crucified the Christ. You crucified Jesus, the Savior. And they pick up stones and they're ready to kill him. And they go and they take the garments of Stephen before the feet of Saul. 
as they laid down those garments before Saul of Tarsus, later to become Paul. Shall we kill him? They're asking. They're seeking approval. Shall we kill him? Paul nods, gives his approval. Proceed. They begin to throw the stones and the first ones begin to hit Stephen, maybe on the side of the face. And blood becomes to come out of those openings. And he has an opportunity, maybe if he were to deny Jesus, they would stop. But he keeps on pressing forward. And they keep stoning him and they finally knock him down. And they're still stoning him and he begins to cry out, Father, forgive him. For they know now, know not what they do. That didn't stop the gospel. The heavens are open and, and some believe that say, some translation is they see God as God is like standing, admiring the death of this righteous man. We see how that happens and sometimes we are so discouraged by the traffic on the 405 freeway because we are so tired, overburdened with daily responsibilities. But this work has to go on. We are getting people equipped with the gospel. We're preaching the gospel to the poor, to the lost, to those that are straight down the road to hell. And we're intervening, interceding, and telling them, stop this way. Come to Jesus. And some of them are listening, and they're going with us. And we're taking them to Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. If it be of God, nobody can stop it. Over 2,000 years, and this will continue to go strong. Use me, Lord. I'm going to invite you to come to this altar, if you wish, in your heart. Lord, help me walk with you every day because this is for the rest of our lives. We're such a, we're, we're a group that's growing, but I'm going to invite you to come up here. There's enough room for us, amen, at this altar as we're only a few minutes away from it, finishing our service. And then we only have a, like another five minute thing right after, but right now I'd like for you and I to pray together. And I said to some of the people, I'm going to say to Brother Jesus, you belong to Jesus. You already know it. You belong to Jesus. Somebody's not baptized yet, but I believe they belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus many years ago. You just didn't know it. Sister didn't know that she would be married to a man that believed so much in science that would be now an advocate of Jesus Christ. Teaching people, sharing the gospel, impacting lives. Because that's what Jesus does. How long shall we walk with Jesus? Forever 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 we're blessed we are blessed people but we can get tired lord is it yours shall we wait for another tell john the blind see the deaf hear the mute speak the poor are receiving the gospel use me lord use us god everybody here in this place lord i pray that you will use us touch our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we've got so many things to do, Lord. We thank you for the truth, Lord. There's no doubt in our, in our mind who you are and who, have you, who you have made us to be now. Your people, your chosen people, your children of God, anointed people, forgiven people, reaching out and preaching the gospel to, the, to those that are bound to alcohol and drug addiction, Lord. Immoralities, Lord, who can't forgive because of wrongs done to them. 
We preach the gospel and about deliverance and about healing the brokenhearted, how you have come to heal the brokenhearted, those that were brokenhearted when their daddy left them behind, when their mama gave them up for adoption, when their mama rejected them and preferred heroin or other drugs, when their father beat them mercilessly because he was beaten by his father and cycles of violence, Lord, have been repeated in homes that you have called us, Lord, to preach in the name of Jesus Christ so that they will be delivered nobody can stop the church Lord we've been through thick and thin so many things together as a church God as I remember as a child and we are still pressing forward in this church Lord and we shall continue Lord to persevere nobody nobody Lord nobody can stop this church Lord it is not because of us but because they are fighting against you Lord nobody can stop you nobody can hold back the anointing the flowing of the, the power of God through the song sung here at this altar Lord through this beautiful ministry Lord through Vida Abundante Lord through the friendship groups and the lessons we give at the cell groups for the word that we share at work at our schools our classmates workers Lord, everybody that we tell at the drive-thru, Lord, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to touch your life, Lord. I remember and I know, God, that sometimes we don't see the work. We don't see the effect until years later. But it is because of your faithfulness, God, that you touch a person's life. It is all for you, God. We do this because we love you because you have called us. Use us, Lord. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask the ministers to pray. So you can use, Lord, my brother, once again, Lord, use my sister, Lord. Use this marriage, Lord, to show others what God can do. Use it, Lord. I feel greater than the mountain that's in front of me. You are greater. So much greater. Of the worst, of the worst, you have God.
stay is great.